0: Few people know that God has visions, that God has concerns, that God has drives, that God has things that matter to him, things that make him think, things he wants to accomplish. And if at all we want to do something meaningful and enduring with our life, we must come to the reality of the fact that Life is not about you. It's about God. And when we say it's about God, it means that it's more of finding out what God desires to do and joining efforts to help him accomplish that is life. There is nothing that can give you fulfillment, that can give you hope, that can give you direction, that can give you satisfaction beside this. Finding out the intentions of God. So in this episode, I'm going to speak on what I've titled the seven desires of God. Now, why is this necessary? It is necessary because in the light of God, we see light. When you can find out the purposes and the intentions of God, or what God seeks to do in the world or with humanity, then you will find out your own purpose. It will help you to be able to position yourself in God's agenda. And if you can find a place in God's agenda, I tell you, you will live a fruit life, although you may not be too famous, although you may not amass wealth, although you may not be influential, although you may not command a large crowds. but I tell you, you will eat the mark, you will fulfill the very reason why you exist in the first place. I read from First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 of 3. From the New King James Version I read. Therefore I exhort you first of all that supplications and prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all and for who are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Of God. On the of God our Savior, who desires mark that words in your Bible, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Yet the intention of God is made clear. What is it? God intends the man be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And in order to help God fulfill this purpose, our primary place in this divine agenda is prayers. Verse 1 says, I exhort you faith so all. Above all things, that supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of things be made for all men. Why all men? All men, in The sense that because all men is included in the agenda of God, but not all men are actually working in their reality as of now. So our prayer is to allow the floodgates of heaven to be opened so that everyone can invade the earth in order to achieve that which God has in mind. He said, we have to pray. That's the first place you have to take, but far beyond prayer, we must be active, actively involved. Like smith what said in one of his messages, he said, the act of the apostles was written because the apostles acted and you and I do not, they did not act alone. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 said when the numbers of the disciples begin to multiply, the apostles are to choose men who will represent them in the daily distribution of because they want to do two things. They want to give time to pray and the start of the word of God. So as we seek to help God establish his purpose, we cannot but pray. We cannot but plead with God on behalf of man. We cannot but intercede, pray for others. And what are we praying for? We are praying so that men will come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know what? The Bible did not tell us yet that men will come into the knowledge of God, or we come to understand the purpose of God. All that matters to God is that man must first come to know Jesus. For if they know Jesus Christ, then the intention of God will be known. So Jesus Christ become the objective of God the most for mankind. And all that God intends to do could be sung and has been sung and will be understanding Christ. So Christ became the primary thing or the primary objective God wants everybody to come and be identified with. Now let me show you another scriptures. still on the intentions of God then after which we are like some few things. Now I will read from Ephesians chapter 1, we are going to read from verse 3, it reads, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love you see that that's the purpose that's the desire why did god choose us why did god wants us to come to christ he wants us to come to christ that we should live a life without blame we should live pure we should live not contaminated by the system because the system of the world has been contaminated the goals of this world through the mystery of iniquities has contaminated god's plan such that it becomes difficult for man to press into god's intention but here we see apostle paul enunciating god's intention he said he had ordained us not for the fun of it not for us to Fellowship together as his will, although this is necessary, but the core reason why he has brought us together is, that is so that we should be holy without blame before him. In love, in other words, he wants us to realize his love. That's one of the intentions. Having predestinated us, verse 5, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to his good pleasure of his will, to so the praise of the glory of His good. That is another intention. That's another desire. He brought us into Christ. He adopted us. He made Christ to be the middleman. He made Christ to be the mediator, like we read in First Timothy chapter two, that Christ became the mediator of all God wants to do. He became the middleman, the reconciler, the advocate for us. And why? So that we would praise His. Glory, so that we will appreciate His grace, and by this grace, He has made us acceptable. So, one of God's desires is that man will come to find out the implication of the grace of God, which is to bring man into God, so that man becomes free from the elements of this world, become free from the oppression of darkness. And you know, until we keep our eyes on this big picture or what God is trying to do, to take man out of the power of darkness and bring him to the kingdom of their son, or to keep our eyes on the intention that God wants man to live blameless, to walk in love, to know him throughly, then we would not fulfill the intention of God. And we we'll live wayward, what? We we'll divert. We we'll slip off. That's not all. We have been able to see from Ephesians chapter 1, Verse four, that God intended that we be blameless. Verse six, that He wants us to praise Him. Now, when we move on to verse nine, until we see another intention. Now, let me read from verse nine. Having made known to us the mystery of His will, why has God made known to us the mystery of His will? We are going to find out very soon. According to His good pleasure, it pleases God to bring us. God is not just trying to cajole us or to cause us. Or because he just wants to have mercy upon us. It is his own mercy, it is God's nature to be merciful. And the extension of that mercy is that we come to know him, we come to live with him, not just as a God, that we come to live with him as a father. Having made known to us this night, the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Why did he propose it in Christ? That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him. Can you see that purpose? That is another desire. God's intention, what God is trying to do, our salvation is not just for excitement here, it's not just for us to blast and tongues. it's not just for us to 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 to, to, to walk in prosperity, to walk in good health, to walk in dominion, to work in influence, to walk in the fulfillment of our purpose, and um, to live a life of fulfillment, so to claim. But the original intention is that at the end of our race here, we may come into union with Christ. We may live forever with God, we may enjoy God forever. That verse 9 says, that verse 9 says, having made known to all the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one. All things in Christ. God's intention, what God is trying to do is to gather everybody in Christ and why is he gathering to? everybody in Christ. He has gathered everybody in Christ because in Christ dwells all the fullness, everything you could ever desire to know about God. Are you hungry for God? Are you really crazy? You want to know him. There's a desire on the inside of you to know God and you don't know how to do that. Friend, this is your way out. You've got to find out Christ. You have to love Jesus. You must know far beyond that Christ died for you. You must know the implication of his death. And until you begin to understand this purpose, you will not be able to work together. You know, Paul the Apostle told us our place in God in 1 Corinthians. He told us that we are God's husbandry, we are God's laborers, and we are God's building. The greatest privilege, the greatest office anybody can occupy in the world is for him to be called to the service of the Lord. It's for him to serve with God to, to, to work with God as a partner is for him to be an employer with God and for you to be an employer with God you've got to know what is on God's mind the objectives of God, the intentions of God the visions of God, the goals of God the missions of God Now, this is the mission one, it wants us to live a blameless life you want our life to be free from the bondage of darkness now what does the scripture mean yeah, by telling us that God intends that we'll be only without blaming it simply means that we come to accept the righteousness of Christ to be us, and as a result, we become forever free from the oppression of the devil. Hmm. You know, the noises of joy in our auditoriums today is deafening. We have heard art's moving testimony of God's power and graciousness. We have obviously enjoyed God's move than the previous generations of Christians should we talk of the wealth the influence the successes the positions and the assets the church of god in the first century has attained we have one more souls we are missionaries as labored effortlessly we have big cathedrals, multi-billion properties in dollars in the name of god but we But we need to understand the reason why God had given us this ground. We can pause a bit to ask, what is God trying to do? Where is God taking us to? Is this world, is this influence given by God or is it a form of destruction by the devil? Does this world open doors for us to actually expand God's intention? To actually duplicate what God wants to do, but it helps us to shun it. This is the generation we have men celebrating the love of God for them and they feel unconcerned about people out there that are dying. It's high time we beat teams, and we join teams. we join our effort with that of God to bring souls to God. God is so hungry God is so crazy God wants man to be a replica of him and that is only possible when man comes into the knowledge of Christ. So we begin to probe Has God given us this level of influence for nothing? You know, it seems to me that the church is having a good time. And as a result, we are beginning to drift. We are beginning to shift ground. We are beginning to change emphasis. We are becoming more social and socially accepted than we keep our eyes on God's original intention when he made his son Jesus to be sacrificed. So, here I present what should be the guidelines, the check to our emphasis, what should be the motives behind our drive and our ego after God. I present to you these days where you should burn your passion, where you should burn your energy, where you should concentrate everything about you in your lifetime journey. God anointed you for a purpose. He opened that door for you for a purpose. He's promoting for a purpose. He's giving that vision for a purpose. He's giving you access for a purpose for seven reasons. Number one. Number one. God desired all men to be saved. For God so loved the world. John 16, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. But have eternal life. God wants men to have eternal life. That's portion of scripture in, in, in Timothy said that he wants all men saved and come to knowledge of the truth. That is God's desire. We must be interested in this desire. We must join our effort with ease to bring it to pass. God desired all men be saved and all men be saved. Men will be saved by their faith in the Son of God. Except they come to acknowledge Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as God's substitute for them, they won't be saved. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Have we been justified by faith? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, our justification, our freedom from guilt and pains and condemnation is made possible by our knowledge of Christ. So, God's means to save a man is a man we come to the knowledge of Christ. This is God's objective. And check. This objective cannot be fulfilled. Except we consciously take it serious. Let's see what Apostle Paul wrote in First in Romans chapter ten. I'm going to read verse one, and I'm going to jump from verse one to verse eight. This Apostle Paul shared the desire of God, the passion of God, the pains of God. He wrote, "Brethren, my heart desires and prayer for God." God for Israel is that they may be saved now this is Apostle Paul's desire but we have read from Timothy that it's not just Apostle Paul's desire it's God's desire so Apostle Paul's means to making the most of his life is to align himself to what God wants to do so let me say this the beginning of fulfillment in life is for us to align ourselves to God Apostle Paul said my greatest desire is the man must be saved. And why has Apostle Paul made that his desire? Because that is God's desire. So the best way to live in life is living from God's perspective. Is living God's intention. Not just for ourselves. God's intention for himself. As we begin to pursue God's intention for himself, things begin to fall in line for us. And that was what Christ meant when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the intentions of God seek first god's system god's standard of doing things, god's righteousness god's appropriate way of living and promote that culture that values of god, that intention of god then you'll find meaning for your own soul verse 2 for i bear them witness that they have zeal for god but not according to knowledge for they've ignorant of god's righteousness seeking to establish their own righteousness I have not submitted to the righteousness of God. There are a lot of people who are in this shoe. They are really parting after God. They are really desirous of, desires of God, but they are doing it in the wrong way. And those of us who have found a way, it is our sole responsibility to join efforts with God to bring these people into the knowledge of God. Number two, God wants us to develop a daily Living relationship with him. God wants us to develop a daily living relationship with him. Now let's check John chapter 17. We're going to read verse 2. John chapter 17. We're going to read from verse 2 and 3. As we have given him authority over all flesh, Jesus Christ praying here. He claims that, and we do know that God had given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only through God and Jesus Christ you have sent. Can you see that? God's intention is that he be known. That we may fellowship with him. Let me show you another scripture. That is in First John chapter one. Let us read from verse 2. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, from John, we saw that the eternal life is in Christ, and the reason why God put eternal life in Christ is that he saw that we can be partaker of it, we can benefit from it. I said, this eternal life was with the Father, and God gave it to Christ, put it in Christ. Now, verse 3, now that which we have seen, and I will declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Can you see that? Fellowship with the Father. God wants fellowship with us. He wants to relate with us. Like he elected with Adam in the garden. And this fellowship began when we received eternal life, when we accepted Christ. We can't come into a fellowship. Something precedes the fellowship, and that is people's identification with Christ, people's acceptance of the offer of Christ. Now, if we check this same verse, John chapter 2, verse 1. He said, My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if, you, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, not for our sins alone, but also for the sins of the whole world. Christ died for all, so that we may come into God. Okay, let's have another intention of God. Number three. God wants us to set our affection on the things above. He wants us to set our affection on him. He's a jealous God. And as a jealous God, he wants our affection to be channeled and showered on him. Now let's see that quickly from scriptures. Let's see Colossians chapter 3, from verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting, at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is alive appears, then you also will appear with them in glory. There's another scriptures I want us to see are forgotten. I pray the Holy Ghost will bring it up. Okay, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. That God's intention is that we will love him like he loved us. I'm going to read verse 24. Galatians chapter 5, 24. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and his passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Can you see that? Do you hear that clearly? Those who come to Christ must crucify their affection. They must take their life of themselves and put it on the Son of God. They must take their focus off their own life and place it on the Son of God. Until we begin to do this, we can't find life. We can't find female, we can't find purpose. Although we may amass wealth, we may be influential, we may be worldly, we may be famous, but our life will be empty. Number four, to prepare us for dispensation to come, like I used to say, the build game is yet to start. All the cathedrals and the conventions that have brought thousands of Christians together, and then it seems that although those meetings will continue for ages and do not come to an end, we still enjoy the fellowship and the company of believers. It seems heaven on earth are uh, but just a foretaste of what heaven will be. Like we read in that Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9, that God intends that in the dispensation to come, he will gather all things in Christ. And that is why Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that faith, that is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, is the substance of the things we are hoping for. God's build show is in the future, so if there's anything we are doing on earth, God wants to make sure that our attention is on the end, not on now. Okay, for time, let me move on. Number five. What also leave blameless in the world to come? I've said that, we've seen that in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. So we can leave blameless and live holy and walk in love. And then another portion of Scripture in Romans chapter 8, I will not say that Scripture. The Bible says, He that He foreknew, He predestinated, those he predestinated, He glorified, He justified. Why? That they may be conformed to the image of the Son. That is God's desire. That everybody will coordinate His life like that of the Son of God. That our life reflects nothing but the glory and the power of God. Because of Psalm number 6, God wants to gather all things in one in Christ. I've just said that. Everything coming to Christ. Let's see First Corinthians chapter fifteen. That should be fifty-four. Fifteen fifty-four. Okay, it's not fifty-four. Holy Spirit, save me. I can't find it. Let's leave that. I mean, it's to say it, but let me quote it, by quote it by heart. The Bible said that, that portion of Scripture says that, then the end would come when the son will hand over the government to the Father. Then the end. Then the end. Then the end will come when the kingdom Will be handed over to the Son by the Father. That is the hand of all things. Okay, verse 24. Then comes the hand. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. So a time will come when there will be a stop to every system of government in the world. And Christ will be the Lord. Christ will be the King. Christ will be the one reigning. Christ will reign forever. Hallelujah. That is the hand. That's where God is going. That is God's greatest goal. That one day there won't be kingdoms, there won't be nations. Everything will be gathered in Christ. And lastly, God wants us to live above servants' and sin. Romans chapter 6 Let's see that. That's very key. He wants us to be free from sin. Romans chapter 6. And until this is accomplished in your life, you have not come to benefit from Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 9. says, the end of faith is salvation of your soul, you must be delivered yourself. Your soul must be plucked from the affection and the grips and the things that clung to men's life that does not make them to see God. Okay, let, me, let me read from verse 7. Okay, let me read from verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, freedom from sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with, if we, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the dead that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead and dead to sin. But alive to God in Christ Jesus Christ. You hear that clearly. We have to reckon our body. Dead to sin. That we may live unto God. We must allow the Holy Ghost to help us mortify, to help us put in control. You know, God does not just want to control our life, He wants us to have self-control over it. Christ has finished this work, He has delivered us from the power of darkness, has driven from the grip of sin. But we've got to mortify. We have to go to discipline. Like Apostle Paul put it. We have to go to put our body under control. So these are the seven intentions of God. There are more, but basically those are the seven. He wants to bring us into a relationship with Him. He wants to gather everything in Christ. He wants to prepare us for the dispensation to come. He wants us to shine our passion and affection on Him. He wants us to combat our energy to bring men to His knowledge. I land off on this note. One of the two reasons God allowed the church of God to prosper in the 21st century as never before is to enable us to join him as never before using our resources, using our skill, using our intellect, using our means and influence to propagate, to grow, to cultivate, to multiply, to increase, to publish, to expand, and to influence the world for him through our resources. Number two things is to show us that there is something far beyond wealth. There is something far beyond fame. There is the presence of God that substantiates all things. He wants us to know that without Him, wealth is nothing. Without Him, technology is vain. Without Him, influence is nothing. Without Him, government will fail. So we need God. Our wealth, our influence to bring us to the level in God where we lay hold on Him. And this is God's goal. Father, we will thank you because of this time. Lord, we've been able to see your visions and goals. Open our eyes and impart us with wisdom to see our place in bringing to reality your greatest goal. There will not be victims, but will be partners through whom you accomplish this, your greatest intentions. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. God bless you.